Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Brady Quinn. It's the Brady Quinn Football Show. And Will Brinson. Yep. All right. Make sure you stay tuned all week. All right, Billy. All right. So make sure you keep it locked with us all week long for more off-season news. Yes. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to audio only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell all your friends to listen and watch the pod. Uh, Fellows, it's a big day for CBS Sports. We are launching the Golazzo Network, which is a 24-hour sports, or excuse me, soccer network. Are you guys uh, European football fans at all? Huge European football fan, big uh, Champions League fan. In fact, um, I was thrilled when we acquired the Champions League. I had gotten into it. My brother is a big time uh, soccer fan. He um, he's an Arsenal fan, I believe. Um, I'm still kind of working my way into the various other leagues. A little Serie A sometimes. I know Brady's a big yeah, Serie A yes. guy. Um, so you know some um, some some Liga One, but uh, the Champions League is just truly elite level soccer, and the fact that we have this constantly running network going to focus on what is really the global sport. Uh, it's very exciting. And of course I will be tuning into it constantly, but also, by the way, like if you're a degenerate, there's nothing better than soccer. Cause it's all during the day. Like if you want to gamble, <laughs> like, soccer gambling, it's like, like you're like, Oh, it's boring. It's like, what up? Nah, soccer gambling is like intense. When you've got like a draw for a match and it's zero, zero. And then it goes to stoppage time. And all of a sudden some like, they're like like a forward just squeaks through the defense and he's sprinting toward there and like all of a sudden they raise the flag and the VAR and it's offsides. It's just intense. I love soccer. How about you, Brian? I- yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be watching. I will definitely be watching. I'm really excited about the launch. Um, can't wait. I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Um, I, I just I I'm really it. excited for this. Yep. My brother is being booed in the in the comments. By the way. Oh. Boo, Stu. Oh my God, booing Stu is actually a fun no, little But Brady, you've you've got you've got daughters. Are you are you a soccer dad? I, I coach their soccer team. In fact, uh, hypocritical oh. oh. here. Good question. Not hypocritical at all. Uh-huh. I mean, coaching my daughter's Kelly Box attorney at law. Nice work. <laughs> First off, coaching my daughter's soccer team and what taking the time to watch the soccer. No chance. All right, because the leagues are so far apart as far as strategy, it doesn't apply. Okay. I will say this. Uh, some said this past year, and this wasn't like me saying this or our parents oh. even saying this, even though they did, but like some of the officials who kind of ran the league, they said we might have had the best defense in the uh, in the entire league. And that was, of course, mm-hmm. what I was responsible for. I was defensive coordinator, if you will, which I had to <laughs> give you a pass on our actual soccer team coaching staff. All right. We had someone who was responsible for offense, someone who was responsible for defense, had a head coach that oversaw that, substitutions, et cetera. Uh, made sure to come up with a good practice plan, dividing up the field in the quadrants where the girls were learning a lot of fundamentals. So had this whole thing mapped out uh, after the first game, you know, kind of reconvened and said, look, this is what we need to do moving forward. We implemented that. We were absolutely, we're an all-girls team in a um, boys and girls league, mostly boys teams, absolutely wow. shutting people out, like shutting people out. Our little group of girls was just dominating. So Again, suffocating defense. Um, a lot of times, just you know, I, I keep telling the girls, just get in the way of the ball. Okay, if you can't feel like you can kick it, just get in the way of the ball. They're five, six years old. Uh, sometimes the best thing to do is just get in the way, let the ball hit you, and then just don't cry. We'll figure out what to do after that. Okay. I love that. Brenton, um, does your son play soccer? Is he also dominant like uh, Brady's? He's actually girl? started doing some uh, some lacks uh, lately, a little lacrosse. Yeah. He's going to be a lax bro. bro. Oh, I think he'll be a lax bro. And um, I should note that um, Robbie, my son, is uh, has played soccer. 
I'm a more of a football coach, though. And fortunately for me, Brady has just pointed out that he's a great soccer coach. Now, Brady no, doesn't play no, soccer. Brady didn't, like soccer. doesn't play soccer, didn't play soccer professionally, which means he can't criticize my abilities as a football coach. And you shouldn't because we were the highest scoring <laughs> team in the league, dominated everybody thanks to my patent pending jet sweep offense. Your jet sweep offense? Not patent pending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are you, the extension of Matt Canada? Is that what essentially what you just watched the Steelers all year? I'm, which I'm, I'm, Steelers I'm, fans probably are pulling their hair out, having to deal with that again for another year. I'm for, Bob for Australia. I'm, year I'm, two. Bob, I'm Bob Australia. Thank you very much. So, okay, just saying. That's my, that's my coaching game. Well, I think we got to like get Brady on as a an analyst for the Galazzo Network. Seems like you actually know quite a bit about the defense do you, right, do, guys, you CBS- do you struggle? Do you struggle with like being a celebrity on the field when you're like do, you know because you're tall? Probably tough. Probably tough. You know, you play professional football. People know who you are in South Florida, mostly for your, um, you know, your various, uh, you know, entrepreneurial ventureships. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a word. Uh, <laughs> I just you know, do, you, do people come up to you and be like, "Hey, Brady, Brady, what's up, bro? How you doing, bro?" Yeah, you'll get the occasional, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, so, so your daughter plays? Yeah, my, my son plays. I'm like, okay, good luck. It's game time. <laughs> get out of my face. Um, and then honestly, when when the game starts, I'm locked in. And there was a couple moments this year where I had to have like, I had to take a second. I was like, why do I care more than these five and six-year-old girls? Like, what is going on right now? <laughs> I, We've some... got keep our composure. We've got too far. Keep our composure. Where did that great one? Where's that been hiding? (laughs) We just needed this conversation to bring it out. But I had to to literally walk away at times because I was just like, all right, I don't know why I care so much. But I think it's because I want the girls to care that much. And when they're six, you know, it's hard to get them to really be focused in on it. But I will say this. The girls that all improved, every single one of them improved mightily over the course of that season. Uh, My good buddy, Jeff Darlington, his daughter played as well. Um, and, and I think those, they would, they would attest all the girls improved. Uh, we won a lot of games. I think we only lost, uh, maybe two and it was to one team that they just had, I'll be honest. They had one big kid. He was a boy uh-huh. and no one was stopping that dude. All right. He was ripping shots from like 30 yards out. And I was just like, all right. Um, I mean, actually Jeff Darlington, but in all honesty, it was like one of those, I mean, he was putting it like corner of the net, like with a little bend on it, like Beckham. And I'm like, okay, uh, this kid's a little more advanced than, than where we're at right now. Um, so we'll just we'll go ahead and take the L. We'll learn from this, you know. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of great lessons. We've probably spent way too much time on this topic. I, I, one more thing, I just want to point out because this, I want, mm. you know, I just want, I want you guys to know this about me as a, as a human mm. being, that no matter the score, I, I wore a visor every week, obviously, different visor yeah. each, each week. Um, and if when we broke a long, when we jail broke a long touchdown, no matter the score. I'm peacocking with my play sheet advisor and like winding it down, following yeah. the kids into the yes. end zone, like a true sportsman. See, we didn't, we didn't celebrate when we would score goals. Cause you know, we act like you've been there before. We try to teach the girls good sportsmanship. <laughs> and, and by the way, since I was only focused really on the defense, I said, don't think for one minute, one minute that you let up. All right. You step on the throat. It's not our fault. Okay. If mommy and daddy didn't prepare you and give you a juice box or something before the game, or maybe you didn't get a donut, it's not our job to make sure the other team's prepared. We go out there and we kick some ass, all right? And the girls know that, and they may or may not have heard me say, let's kick some ass multiple times, which I had to refrain from at one point after one of the parents complained, but I digress. Mr. Quinn is saying ass too It's not our job, all right, if the other team didn't show up prepared. We score goals, we stop goals, we kick their ass. Did you juice box boy? I'll tell you that. <laughs> Billy bringing the juice today. Did you tell him? That- I think this should be like a, a, a reality show about Coach Brady and uh, and the girls because this sounds like some must watch TV. Speaking of must watch TV, CBS Sports Galazzo Network, the first of its kind, free twenty four seven channel dedicated exclusively to global soccer. Sockage soccer coverage is now streaming on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and Paramount Plus. Get your morning started off on the right foot with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture driven morning show beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Plus, don't miss the rest of our top notch programming, including live matches and re airs, original studio shows, highlights, documentaries, and much more. CBS Sports Golazo Network is the ultimate year round streaming destination for fans of the beautiful game like Brady Quinn. 
All right, guys, OBJ, let's talk about American football now. OBJ signed a one-year deal with the Ravens. It includes a $13.835 million signing bonus, a $1.165 million base salary, $3 million in reachable incentives. It would make him earning at least $15 million and as much as $18 million on the deal. No other free agent wide receiver got more than $11 million per year. And it's the most guaranteed money uh, was given to Alan Lazard, actually, at uh, $22 million. But that was a four-year deal. Brady, is this the greatest money spent by Eric DaCosta? Potentially. And if it has to do with the fact that they signed Nelson Aguilar earlier, they drafted Babin, what, a year ago in the first round, and now you have Odell to go with Mark Andrews. Again, assuming Odell Beckham's healthy and he's able to be the Odell you know, that we saw helping the Rams win a Super Bowl. If that's what we're getting and it convinces Lamar Jackson to come back and whether it's play under the non-exclusive franchise tag or even under like a, a lesser amount for the extension, then yeah, like you go spend a little money over here with Odell Beckham, right? In order to be able to then entice Lamar Jackson to come back for an additional year and realize like, all right, maybe I'm in a good situation with this organization. Maybe this is a good spot for me. I don't need to look anywhere else. Hell, those two partied together down in South Beach after Odell signed. I wouldn't be shocked if the Baltimore Ravens were the ones calling down to whatever club it was, picking up the tab, most likely 11 or wherever wherever they partied at. But they were like, hey, it's uh, Steve Bashotti. Just whatever those guys want, make sure you pay them and you tell them that the Baltimore Ravens are, ta- are, are taking care of the tab. It would be some of the best money spent because at the end of the day, if they can avoid paying $231 million fully guaranteed at signing, then that's a win because they get a guy who's been a former MVP to come back essentially on, on a discount if we're using Deshaun Watson's deal as the market resetting quarterback contract that everyone should be trying to leapfrog. And it sounds like that's what Lamar wants, even though I don't know that any organization obviously wants their quarterback to be able to leapfrog that right now. So I've got uh, two mutually exclusive or two takes, I think, that are mutually exclusive on the Odell Beckham thing. One, oh, my God, can can this please be the end of the Odell Beckham watch? I mean, last year was the most ridiculous thing in the history of like professional mm-hmm. football in terms of over coverage of a guy who didn't end up playing a snap for a single team and wasn't ever going to be healthy enough because he tore his ACL in the friggin' Super Bowl. So, like, mm-hmm. that whole thing last year, especially with the Cowboys, I know Jerry Jones loves attention and all of that, just just, just too much, just too much. And then this whole thing leading up to it, just too much. Like, if he goes out and has a good se- – if he has a 1,000 yards – then great job. That's a big season for him, I think, given the health and like the way and how much he's played in the past few years. Now, having gotten that annoyance off my chest, mm-hmm. I'm going to point out that, again, mutually exclusive takes. I think the <laughs> Odell Beckham stuff is annoying as hell. And yet, if Odell Beckham is able to get Lamar Jackson back and playing on the franchise tag, then this is a great signing. And here's a hot take. By using the non-exclusive tag instead of the exclusive franchise tag, they actually had more than enough money to give Odell Beckham $15 million to bump up what they owed. What, like Odell Beckham, let's say a $10 million deal, right? You get the $5 million for the difference in those two tags, and you're still saving money on the Odell Beckham-Lamar Jackson combo by virtue of using the non-exclusive tag. So if you're able to overpay Odell, make him happy, get him to hype up Lamar, bring Lamar in, and get Lamar to play this year, you have it's a massive win for the Ravens, and it's a fantastic signing. And look, should Lamar be that excited about Odell Beckham coming in? No, probably not. Is it going to drastically change his wide receiver core? Maybe because they're that bad before, but not because like Odell Beckham is the best receiver in football. But if he likes Odell enough where he's FaceTiming immediately after this signing and the Ravens are tweeting it out, then this is a big, big win for Baltimore to pay Odell Beckham to overpay Odell Beckham and get Lamar Jackson back if that's what we think is going to happen. Well, our own John Breach, I'm sorry, I was going to say John Breach wrote that Lamar Jackson recruited Odell Beckham Jr. to the Ravens with the understanding he'll likely be at quarterback in 2023 per report. That's what Breachy says on CBSSports.com. Right. I think think it's from Rap Sheet uh, on just, I mean, just not that, not that Breach 
Yeah, just make hey, sure. Hey, Brinson, semantics with all you writers and taking credit for who said what. Who cares? We're all human. We say the same stuff. We just regurgitate it. Well, somebody reported it, I'm, and somebody aggregated it. And I love John Breach like a brother. Well, I mean, like a stepbrother. Right. Uh, you know, like a, like a, well. More like a cousin. This is the, yeah, more yeah, like a distant the title cousin. of his article. Maybe, maybe like a nephew, right? He's like... A guy you're close to, but not that. And then it, more of like his nephew. I don't want me. Call, I don't want calling when he's in town. Well, the other thing about nephews are with like an uncle nephew relationship. They have extreme impacts on them. But like a lot of times, it can be like, all right, they don't really know you. They don't really know you. And then you like you dump like all your your life details on them. And I'm like, dude, Uncle Will is weird. Like I didn't know anything <laughs> about him, and I learned like way too much about him. Right? Like that's more of like a, an ironic like uncle related. that's why you always feel like all oh, the crazy uncle it's like why is he crazy he just dumped a lot of stuff that i never knew about him until that one christmas party when everyone got together at so-and-so's house like that's how it works i digress because we're getting off track from the point of this decision for odell i mean is it as simple as saying okay you're paying me this much money uh yep i'm willing to go ahead and, and spend a year in baltimore because i also feel like this is his last chance right like this is that opportunity for him to go in, I think he'll be looked and viewed, if healthy, as the number one wide receiver, at least on the outside. We don't know how that will really work out because Mark Andrews will probably get the most targets. But at least from the wide receiver core, he'll probably be wide receiver one. He gets this shot with a quarterback that, to be quite honest, he hasn't finished the last two seasons. The passing numbers haven't looked quite as good as what they did in that MVP season. You do have a new offense, too, with Todd Monk in there. He likes to sling it around, but will they be able to adapt and do that? Will Lamar be able to adapt and do that? I think this is an interesting you know, deal for Odell only because there's no doubt if he would have went to the Jets, probably you know, splitting time was like the number one guy. Now with the Ravens, he's the number one wide receiver, and it's just what are we expecting? Is, is it 65, 70 receptions? Can he get to 100? You know, would they target him that much or even throw that much to be the case? I mean, has Lamar Jackson even thrown over 4,000 yards? I think he's, done, I think he's thrown over 3,000 once in his career. So if you're Odell Beckham and you're going there on a one-year deal – a lot of people might think, oh, it's like a one-year prove-it deal. Well, at this point in time in your career, every year is going to be a one-year a one -year prove-it deal. If you can't get a two-, three-year deal from a team now, every single subsequent year after this is going to be a one-year prove-it year, year, depending on how this year goes. Do you guys think this means that Lamar Jackson will play under the franchise tag then? I do. I think he's going to play two years on the tag and then walk into free agency. I mean, I, I think he's going to play. Um, I, I don't know if he'll end up being on the tag or if he'll agree to a long-term extension. I mean, look, the draft may come and go, and there might be another team that that submits an offer sheet that the Baltimore Ravens have to agree to. We, we don't know yet. There's teams that said they aren't interested, but I just have a really hard time believing that you wouldn't take the time to put in an offer. You don't have to give him the fully guaranteed contract that he's rumored to be looking for. You can reach out to him, have a conversation, and make an offer. It's no different than if, if look, people list their house all the time. That doesn't stop a buyer or a potential buyer from mm -hmm. coming in and saying, hey, you want 600000 for your house? I think it's worth four hundred fifty, And I'm going to submit an offer. I know it's low, but look at the market right now. Go ahead and hold on to the house for another 10, 12 months. See where you're at at that point in time. Paying for utilities, paying your you know taxes, insurance, and, and paying for your mortgage. Like, See what that looks like. Or you can sell it now to me for four fifty, and I'll save the cost, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with making an offer. I don't know why a team right now, uh, well, I shouldn't say right right now, but after the draft, if they don't get what they're looking for, then take the time to see if you can't potentially get them, you know, get them for a more economical number. Works for me. All right, let's move on to someone who's dropped a lot of weight and is looking very svelte. Russell Okun dropped uh, an insane amount of weight. Hopefully, Billy has a picture that he's going to pop up for us here. He was most recently listed as 310 pounds, but he doesn't look like that anymore. Who was someone else that made a transition? I mean, I know that like, yeah, like look at this. Well, this is. It's incredible. I thought, I thought that when Brady was like suggested this is a topic and it's definitely worth a topic i thought that yeah. when i clicked on the link that the picture of russell okun from the sideways shot was like an ad for like you know like you get those terrible ads it's like like lose weight in three days i was like oh that's cool or like it's a rendering of russell okun. no that's actually him that's yeah. not the same he person looks, it like he a different like person he looks incredible 
And, and, and it's not one of those like gimmicks either where, you know, sometimes they give you like, like diet pill and they're like, look how much weight I lost. They take the picture. What a lot of people don't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I don't want to say it's a doctored pick, but what they do is they'll have them like basically blow up before they ever do anything. And so, and then they cut down to kind of like what they normally look like. That's usually how that ends up working. It's not like the other way around. So uh, this is, this is awesome. I mean, it's great to see him looking the way he does uh, spent some time with Russell. He's a really good dude. There's a lot of linemen too fall into this category. You know, Joe Thomas is absolutely shredded right now. Uh, he's, he falls in that category, but it just goes to show you, like, this is probably how these guys are supposed to be walking around. And I've seen so many offensive linemen have to like force feed and train a certain way and literally like eat beyond like comfort to be able to keep weight on or put weight on. And, and it might sound unhealthy to people and it, it really is, but the truth of the matter is that's the way they're able to maintain their position and be able to play at a high level. So good for him for losing the weight, breaking some of those habits. Did, did you mention uh, Jordan Gross too? Jordan, I mean, there's a ton. Like Gross, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. Like Joe Thomas, obviously notable. Jordan, any, any of the Carolina Panthers or former NC State football players you want to throw in the conversation there in, in that regard too? <laughs> Jordan Gross was like the first one, bro. Like you don't. I mean, like I remember like when. Okay, he wasn't the first one. My he's goodness, the first one in like. Who like he he like immediately maneuvered into you know working in the media for the for the team and it was just like his first day on the job and it was like whoa that dude lost it because usually you know like you you know you football players you retire and you go and like you know you you you, you, you go and you try and like work through the psychological issues of having to give up your dream and blah 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 wah 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 and like you don't come out and you know like you know showcase yourselves in the public light and then Jordan Grosso was like out there day 1 and just lost all this weight and so it was like just a very notable example of of of, of it happening okay let me ask you guys this because i i do always I'm such a troll today i'm sorry well yeah some people say a d-bag but um that checks the trolls in the comments um so like i i obviously we're in broadcasting right and i i remember someone saying this to me they're like oh man, that offensive lineman looks great. And it's like, oh, like he should be on so-and-so on TV. And it's like, yeah, but now he doesn't really look the part, right? Like like there's also that element of like, yeah, you know, you've got the skinny guy at the table who used to play offensive line, but doesn't look like he used to play it. So he's talking about like hand placement and his like his kick steps or whatever else they let's talk about, like the blocking scheme. And people are like, who the hell's that guy? Like, why is this wide receiver talking about run blocking schemes, right? Um, do you feel that way? Like when you're watching an analyst on TV, they kind of need to look the part, like they got to look a little bit like an offensive line or like they have played before. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that like your Fox, um, you know, like you, like the, the dynamic of like y'all's Fox show that you do the big noon Saturday kickoff of Fox. Um, it's like, like, you, I mean, like you are probably, and I, I'm, I, I know I'm being trolly, but I'm saying this in all seriousness, like you're probably the greatest player in the history of Notre Dame football, which is insane to mm. think about. Um, and you can, you know, you can look at it. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, but whatever. Uh, but the point being is like, you know, it's like, like when I, you know, like you and like you and Leinert and, and Bush, like, you know, it's like, just, it just, you know, like it's, it's the same thing. Like it's, it just makes me think of like, like Notre Dame USC and like, like, you know, you get, you get, you know, juiced up for it. And so I think that, um, yes, I want my quarterbacks to look like they can quarterback and know what they're doing. I want my linemen to be fat and I want them like, I want like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like he's, right. Like, I know, I know what he did. I know what he did. Like you can like, I, I get the full Fitzpatrick experience when he's on the Amazon prime stuff. Richard Sherman looks like a cornerback. Yeah. Eat some barbecue, buddy. Yeah. That's it. Rich Sherman looks like he's, he could still play. Yeah. And then you see Joe, they're all svelte and all ripped up and going, gosh, he looks like a tight end. You know, yeah. maybe why he looks so he'll so shredded, but good, good for him. I'd say it's a way healthier lifestyle. So I don't think we should penalize them for choosing the healthier lifestyle. Uh, no, I'm not going to penalize anybody for choosing the healthier lifestyle. <laughs> I had some natural Glad. greens and, and went for a run this morning. Good for you. Thanks. Huh. Do you I, like I natural greens? No, no. Yes, like I do. Greens? It's pretty good. Yeah, wasn't bad. I don't, I don't like drinking greens. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't. I'm a big smoothie fan. Love a smoothie. You should try AG1 or Athletic Greens. What no, you that's said. what I had. Not Natural oh, Greens. Sorry, Athletic Greens. Yeah. Which they rebranded. Now they're AG1. A lot of people like the flavor. They don't mind the taste with, with a little water. So uh, I usually take that. Um, it, it's pretty good stuff. You, you, you take it like, like, you take your, like you take your coffee in the morning? 
I don't know what to the five and six year olds on the soccer team to make sure they're ready. What does that even mean, Will? Where are we going with this one? I don't know, Brady. Uh, no, I mean, like, you just do like a scoop and like a thing of water and just drink. <laughs> the best thing though about like people are like not to go off on another tangent with this, but Katie, you should try. You might you might like the flavor, but it's like people okay. will get up in the morning. They're like, "Well, I had my AG one. I was gonna go outside and smoke a couple yeah. cigarettes and maybe have a few glasses of Chardonnay at lunch and, yeah. and kick back with a you know I don't know maybe a, a whole bottle of scotch to just you know put the night away and smoke a few more darts. Like it's like yeah, yeah I made one healthy decision, so now that just allows right. me the opportunity to do whatever I want the rest of the day. Right. It's like it's like it's like exercising for the sole purpose of like losing just enough weight where you can drink as much as you want. Like it's like you're, you're not really just trying to get healthy. I'm just trying to make sure I can not get fat from drinking. Yeah. Hypothetically, I've heard of people doing that. Right. Yes. Never you. Never you. Anyway. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're watching the Pick Six podcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> Phenomenal! Absolutely magisterial here! Welcome back to the Pick Six Podcast. Katie Mox, Will Brinson, Brady Quinn. If you are not following us on socials, what are you doing? At Pick Six Pod across all social media platforms. So Deshaun Watson had his deposition quashed yesterday. A judge ruled that he no longer needs to be deposed. According to Cleveland 19 News, the victim's legal counsel has failed to reasonably accommodate Watson's multiple rescheduling attempts, which obviously they were just rescheduling, rescheduling because they didn't want him to be deposed. Brady, do you think that this off-field stuff is ever going to stop for Watson? I mean, I don't know as he changed his habits. I mean, because I I think there's a couple of interesting thoughts here, right? Like, you know, has he really gone away from what got him in trouble before or did he maybe venture back down that road a time or two where there might be some people out there? I, I know there was this lawsuit. I think there was rumor of a couple other pending lawsuits and more women who are potentially uh, looking to file a lawsuit. Uh, It's hard to know. I just, I think it reminds you as we talked earlier about the Lamar Jackson situation, a quarterback who look, if the Baltimore Ravens had signed Lamar Jackson to a 230 million fully guaranteed five-year deal, we'd have been like, wow, that's unbelievable. But he's a former MVP. He's had a lot of success. Makes sense. But that's, you know, kind of a risk, right? For the way he plays and, and injuries and all that. But then when you compare it to Deshaun Watson, and not only what he hasn't accomplished yet, but then also the fact that what he had going on off the field, he wasn't even playing, and he was still able to sign that deal, and he's still dealing with it. I mean, it's just – it really is incredible how and shocking how the Browns were able to sign a quarterback to this deal that, I don't know, after how he looked last year, if there's not big improvements this year, I mean, I don't know how you justify the distraction, how you justify the signing, the compensation – any of it, if things don't turn up there in Cleveland after this year. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we talk a lot about how, you know, the Deshaun Watson deal has impacted the Lamar Jackson deal and future, or possibly the Lamar Jackson deal and possibly other future quarterback deals. And, you know, ultimately, I don't think it's going to impact it just because of how I think all those co- contracts will play out. Um, but the reality is, you know, if, if, if it, all right, let's say hypothetically, like, we get through this year and Lamar Jackson doesn't sign his contract and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign, you know, normal quarterback deals. Um, and the Browns win six games and go six and 11 and Sean Watson plays like crap and, or he still has stuff going on off the field. Well, it's going to be really, 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 really hard for anyone at that point to justify a fully guaranteed contract. And I know that that's yeah. not fair because none of these other guys have those issues that Deshaun Watson does, but these owners are going to look at it and point at it and say, look, they traded all these picks for this guy, gave him a fully guaranteed contract, and he's not any good, and he can't stay on the field. Now, they might win 13 games, and he might play great. I mean, there, you know, there's no telling how this Brown season is going to go. I think there's any number – like, there's a lot of different pathways that it could go down. But he wasn't – and he was incrementally better last year, um, I thought, from week to week. But he wasn't good. No. And if he plays like he played at the end of last year – and look, you could play – Brady, I mean, you know this – like Cleveland's a weird place to play football, man. Not just from like, mm-hmm. like, 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 like weather wise, you could get two or three home games late in the year where you can't throw the football. And like you, you, I mean, you're static. Like, I'm just saying there's a, there is definitely a lot of paths where 
this is just a, like a complete disaster. And it really only reinforces the owner's, you know, the desire not to give up fully guaranteed contracts. No, no doubt. I mean, you, you would think a lot of owners are probably tabling, you know, those contract negotiations, um, right? You know, and or at least trying to massage those conversations so they work away from trying to get to, um, you know, not being close to that total guaranteed money. Eventually, someone's going to surpass it, but I also think it calls into question um, the the financial ability, right? The solvency of, of any owner to be able to pay out that sort of money, right? I mean, you've got to put that in escrow. And, and that's what I think ultimately the owners are trying to avoid in all of this is they don't want to have to tie up all that cash in an escrow account to make sure they've got it. You know, and maybe that's a rule that they look at changing the CBA as these values get higher and higher. Uh, or maybe that's where certain teams look to sell and they look to kind of cash out. I mean, I don't know what the Cincinnati Bengals bought, uh, the, the, or, excuse me, the Brown family bought the Bengals for, but they're worth about $3 billion according to Forbes last year. And I would imagine they're going to make a ridiculous return compared to what it was, but like, that's their business. That's what that family does. So, um, you know, they've got to sign Joe Burrow to a contract where they might not be able to have the cash they need to, to equate to what he's looking for. Even though I think we'd all agree, Joe Burrow is what a top three quarterback in the league, right? It's Mahomes. I mean, Burrow's got him number one. I put Mahomes up there with Burrow and, you know, you look at Allen, you look at Herbert. I mean, all those guys, you look at, you say, all right, those are like that, that next wave of guys you feel really confident about being able to win you a Super Bowl. So um, it's, it, it will be interesting to see what happens, but it's just a reminder again of this is something that will continually keep popping up based on how he you know conducts himself off the field. Yeah. And if it does, the sad thing is too, is like there wasn't really any like remediation. Like I know there was certain markers he had to hit in order to come back from his suspension, but we don't really know what that was. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously, like, what was it exactly? Yeah. I mean, I, is he like driving by in, in West Palm Beach, like organs of Asia? And like, is he like, it's like they're testing him to see if he'll, you know, follow suit for, you know, one of the, you know, potential owners of uh, one of the NFL teams. Oh, so anyway, moving along. Um, well, we, we talk about, you know, he has to have a good year this year. Do you think that he'll be able to focus on football? I, kind of think no. And I keep equating it back to what happened with Tiger Woods. When the entire world knows that you're a creep and they know your deepest, darkest secrets and that you've done really unsavory things. And I've seen what the fans are shouting at him also when he's playing. I don't know that you can bounce out of that and really focus on the game when everybody knows what you are on the inside and it's not pretty. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I do think that you know he has served a suspension, went through it last year, played in Houston. Like you know, if you're as a you're a professional athlete, at some point, you know, we see Tiger, Tiger bounced back and won the Masters, right? I'm not saying Deshaun's going to bounce and back. How and many years later? Yeah. Well, he also had a bunch of surgeries too. I mean, like yeah. you know, it's, um, well, but I, I just think, but right, but right after, yeah. I think I think Deshaun is the. I think Deshaun is probably, um, I mean, frankly, based on his behavior patterns. Probably pretty capable of tuning out some uh, some noise and maybe being a little uh, uh, what's the word that you would use without calling him a mm. sociopath? <laughs> Narcissistic. Well, there it is. There it is. Well, yeah. Self indulgent. Oh, what, what you reference Asia? Now you're judging me for saying sociopath. I mean, I'm not judging. I'm trying to think of the word you're looking for. I, I was just trying to come up with unique scenarios where I thought maybe like was one of these, you know, they were just testing them. You know, like let's just drive by this place and see if you know it's a potential issue for them. To get into the car with Roger Goodell, they just drove around and found every possible masseuse, like massage. Like, Don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, like, Sean, look right there. Look right there. What do you think? Huh? 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 All right, let's go on to something else. All right, moving on uh, to another not have a hat. Uh, you know slightly sleazy situation. The commanders reached a $625,000 settlement for their nearly $5 million of fans' money that they stole. Does this mean that the team will be sold now? It seems like they're just kind of cleaning up their side of the street, getting ready for sale. What do you think, Brady? Yeah, I mean, that's where this is headed, right? I mean, I, I just I wish I could fast forward, move along, this is an organization that's got a fan base that is like dying for them to go back to the glory days. And I think they're going to be capable of depending on who the new owners are uh, because they've already tried to at least 
organizationally, bringing some really good people there to turn some things around. You know, you, you got to love Ron Rivera. He's a great man. He's a good leader. He does things the right way. Jason Wright, who's within that um, front office too, is a, is a part of that. He's one of those people that does everything the right way. It's now about just figuring out how to move on from the very top. And, and I know Dan Snyder has, you know, technically not been as involved because of a lot of the issues uh, that Washington was under. Um, but the reality is he was still owner. And so until he moves on, they really can't get out from under this dark cloud. And, and I think this like settlement is kind of cleaning some things up on the books to make sure everything's clean moving into the next ownership group. Cause that's the last thing they want. I don't know if it's the Josh Harris group or Jeff Bezos or the guy from Canada with a really long name, whoever it is, they don't want to be taking on these sorts of issues. They want the stuff to be done, figured out, and they got a clean slate moving forward. Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, this is a, and like, you know, I think it's uh, Billy asked in the chat, is it, is it time for Ron Rivera to be fired? I mean, yeah. it, Ron Rivera was already saw through one um, disgraced, like owner forced to sell situation. If anything, I think Ron Rivera is the kind of the perfect coach to see, to like, get through whatever you're dealing with with Dan Snyder because he's you know he's not too high not too low leader of men etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> you know blah 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 like I, I I think I think Ron Rivera sits you know rolls through this and is just like the guy and then you know depending on how he performs the first year after the sale is done maybe they, they change your mind or or maybe Sam Howell's great this year and Ron Rivera just you know like secures his job for another five years it's you know it's hard to say how it's exactly you know, gonna, gonna play out, but um, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm excited. Let me ask you this: If you bought the Commanders, would you change the name? Because I, I sure would. No, what would you change it back to? The Brinsons. Oh, oh, that would be good for the Brinsons. Oh, I name them. I would name them. I would name them the Washington Priscos, and I would have our logo be a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might change it back to the Washington football team. Actually, that was a I good name. Love I love Washington. <laughs> like, why do they need to change this? Like, this is perfectly fine. And then, and better yet, like, as they started going through and searched through the various names, they, like, didn't realize, oh, some of these are already, what, trademarked or copyrighted. Will, yeah. you know better than I. But it was, it was interesting to, to read that and watch that. I've actually done a ton of uh, what ultimately ended up being completely fruitless uh, work and manpower. Uh, and an and effort to dig through the copyright, the national copyright archives to try and figure out what the next name is going to be. And it's, it's kind of fascinating to like see stuff like you would not believe how many people tried to get ahead of it when they were changing it from the R skins to the WFT. And then like what the new name was going to be, there were like, like 50 or like, like a hundred different people who had like trademark names, like the, you know, the Washington admirals. And, and it's like, dude, like you think I'm wasting my time. At least this, I can like qualify. This is work. Cause I'm trying to find something out. You were like burning through your like cash as like a side job to try and like, like, ha I got Dan Snyder. Now the admirals is mine. It's like, what are you doing with that? Yeah. He'll just pivot. He'll just, he'll find out, you know, they're the commanders, you know, some people are Freudian slips, call them the commandos, whatever it is. But I, I just, oh, I don't Freudian slip it. I purposely miss, I purposely miss say it. Oh, okay. The Commodores. <laughs> the Commodores. There you go. I like the Washington football team. I don't think you can change the name again. They can't have three names in a span of like three or four years. But so Brady, what do you think the value is now of the commanders? I mean, in 2022, it was $5.6 billion making them the sixth most valuable franchise in the NFL. Is their value going up now that they're kind of cleaning up their side of the street, getting rid of this stuff or what? Yeah, you have to think so, right? I mean, that settlement's not being paid by the next ownership group. You know, they haven't, uh, put down any money, at least to this point. Uh, and you, you got three bidders. Again, you got the guy with the long name in Canada. <laughs> you've got the Josh Harris group and you've got, you know, potentially, it's, it's like, it's some Greek long name, like, which if there's a lot of vowels, I know that, but yep. um, it's, you know, if, if, yeah, there you go. If Bezos gets involved, that's where the value, I think, really skyrockets. Um, not only do you have three potential bidders, but he's got the deepest pockets of anyone. You know, clearly he's the type of guy that likes to, uh, you know, buy things, build things, show them off. All right. I'm not sure if you've seen his, his rocket, but uh, he's the type that is not embarrassed whatsoever about showing you his rocket. So 
Um, I'm sure he'd love to buy the Washington Commanders, and he'd he'd love to show that team off too. Are you, are you talking about? Who you talking about? Bezos. Deshaun. Oh, oh, Jeff Bezos. Gotcha. Yeah. Talking about yeah. Rockets. I heard you say what? Uh, somebody else. I mean, just okay. Here, Billy, bring up a picture of Jeff Bezos and their their little shuttle, their rocket, and and, and you can you know discern what you are want. Are you asking Billy to show everybody Bezos's rocket? Well, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the whole point we were talking about. I'm right just now. wondering if you're trying to make sure that everyone sees his rocket. I, I think I think Jeff Bezos wants everyone to see it. Yeah, of course yes. he does. He's the, he's yeah. the type of guy who wants to let everyone know that he's got this big giant rocket. rocket. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the reality is he wants to probably buy a football team and take his friends, and especially if you're in the D.C. area where a lot of, you know, laws made, you can figure out ways if you own Amazon of lobbying and bringing some folks over to some football games. I mean, it it all works hand in hand. I just don't know if Dan Snyder wants to sell to Jeff Bezos. I don't think that's yeah, and, and he probably won't knowing Dan Snyder. So you still have a market. You got two other potential bidders. It's going to go for at least six. We know that. Maybe when it's all said and done, a little bit more. Uh, and I think there's a ton of potential there, uh, given the DC area, the media market, and all that. So that is certainly is. A, a rocket. Yep. The blue really origin. Yep. Is that what that's it looks like? I need to shape his rocket. That, that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Like you gotcha, could pretty gotcha. much make a rocket in different, you know, si- shape sizes. I mean, we've got we've got years and years and decades of rockets like being shaped one way, and Jeff Bezos <laughs> decides to shape his rocket a different way. Well, first off, let me just say this. You know, you had a wow. shuttle that was on top of a bunch of like literally rockets, right? And like that was the whole NASA shuttle. All of a sudden that got discontinued. But like that was like a normal aircraft on rockets that would be thrusted up in the air. Basically, after SpaceX comes out with their model, Bezos is like, wait a second. You can't allow Elon Musk to come up with his rocket. And I can't show you what I can make in my rocket. So there you go. Now you got Blue Origin. There's Bezos' rocket. It's quite a rocket he's got there. You would almost, you, one could almost suggest that by building that a giant rocket like that, that you know, you probably also have a large car. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what they say about people yeah. who buy cars that are too big. Yes, they have rockets. They have giant rockets as well. They have giant. They have giant rockets. Um, all right, fellas, on that note, on the Blue Origin <laughs> rocket note, we will take a quick break. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. More rockets when we come back. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Shock winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. Today is the Brady Quinn Football Show. Make sure you join us all week to keep up to date with all of the NFL offseason news and some rocket updates, possibly. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. All right. Cleansing the air from uh, our last conversation with some some unsavory uh, people. Let's talk about the Cardinals. They have the number three overall pick, and there is a sweepstakes going on right now. They have apparently received inquiries from at least six teams. You got the Raiders, Titans, Colts have all been in the mix. Obviously, everyone trying to get the best defensive players available. Brady, who do you think is going to uh, make a play for this number three? Okay, before I answer that, I'm going to pose a question to you two. All right, and Katie, you start. Are there really six teams interested? Like, I was trying to kind of do the math on this because you're assuming that you're talking to six teams who might be trading up for a quarterback, but I don't know. I mean, couldn't this just be the Arizona Cardinals making this claim and leaking this out to be like, oh my gosh, look at all these teams involved and trying to draw up the trade price? Yes. Yes. You could, you could in theory, say that. Indianapolis, Seattle, Vegas, Atlanta, Tennessee. Oh, that's five. And maybe the Lions would be six. If you wanted, if you wanted to say, I mean, you you could, you could at least, if you're Arizona and you were desperate to try and um, make it seem like there's more than two teams calling you, which is probably the reality because Indianapolis ain't, you know, 
I don't think Indy's going to trade up one spot for whatever the prohibitive cost is. I think Seattle's going to sit and be fine. I think D- Detroit sits and fine. Vegas and Tennessee probably calling. Um, that's probably it. But if you're trying to drive up the price, you could leak out that there's six teams that have called you about it, knowing that, one, nobody's going to come out and deny it. And two, you could actually find six teams who viably could trade up to that number three spot. I think it's a slam dunk, personally, that um, the Titans move up to three. Monty Austinfort, the Cardinals GM, just came from t- the Titans. You know, he worked with Mike Vrabel. Um, obviously, you know, John Robinson you know, works with him, but he's no, no longer there. Yeah, um, now. What's that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Carthage, was he he was in Tennessee before though, right? Oh, he was in oh, San Francisco. Claire, San Francisco. Clarence says, don't forget about the F them picks Rams. Ah, yes, the Rams. They could uh they might be too far too far back, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know if they have the capital. They don't have a first-round pick, do they? Yeah. They gave it to Detroit. Yeah. Um, They gave everything to Detroit. Yeah. Point being is, like, you know, clearly they don't like Malik Willis. They signed Josh Dobbs and started him in a playoff game over their rookie. I mean, you know, with, like, five five minutes of of prep on it. And I don't know. I think you can just make an easy case that Tennessee and Arizona could swap, knowing that Arizona has to look at this year as kind of a lost year. Kyler's probably not going to play most of the season. You got a first year head coach. You know, you got this issue with the ownership. You got a first year GM. Like their win total is five and a half. Like they're probably not going to be very good. So why not just recoup as much as you can, move down the draft, and try and get as many assets as you can in a draft that's much deeper than it is top heavy? Katie, what say you? Um, I would say probably three teams in the mix. Um, I definitely think that the Raiders are probably one of the top ones. I agree with Brinson about the Colts just moving one spot maybe doesn't make enough sense with what they have to trade for it. But I would like to see the uh, Raiders move up for this one and help out my guy Jimmy, obviously. Oh, here we go. It's always there's always got to be. But I'm not going to get into it. I was going to make a comment back then in regards to Jimmy, but I'm, I'm not going to now. Uh, the other okay. part of the conversation is you got to piece together whatever that trade compensation is going to be. And I think that's if you use the Jimmy Johnson draft chart, right, for people out there who don't know, they associate a value with every single pick in the draft. So you're, if you're moving from 11 to 3, okay, 3 would be worth 2,200 points. The 11th overall pick is worth 1,250 points. And so, you know, that difference of 950, right, um, you've got to figure out how you can make that work. Uh, with whatever other additional draft capital you have this year or potentially next year, um, that's that's a kind of big jump, right? I, I, well, I, I mean, not to, I think it's less now than it, it used to be. Like the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, like okay, I, well, I, the, I know the starters. Yeah, we can get to do it because, like, you know, people, I know people. The charts, it's just a baseline. Everyone has their own chart. Everyone does their own value. What I was going to get at before you so rudely cut me off, Will, like you always do. Um, San Francisco went from what twelve to three to get Trey Lance. Katie, you know this. And they give up ridiculous draft capital in order to get him. So we could talk about whatever the draft chart says, and we can do go that route. The truth of the matter is, when a team knows you're trading up to take a quarterback, they are going to fleece you, okay? Like, they're right. going to say, nope, not enough, not enough. We need a little bit more on there. Just like the San Francisco 49ers gave up for Trey Lance, Katie Mox, what say you? Katie would give up three uh, first rounders and Trey Lance to get Jimmy Garoppolo back on the. Well, we already well, we already know how I feel about that the Trey Lance thing. I I didn't think that we should have done that and given up all of that stuff for him. So yes, I I see what you're saying here, Brady, that they're going to get fleeced for this number three, and maybe that then affects the Raiders. Now I don't want them necessarily to trade all that stuff away. So sure. Okay, not feeling great about it. Either way, I, I think like who's. Will likes Tennessee. Um, I, I personally feel like if you're indie, you've got to trade up because you can't allow the potential of someone else to do it. It's not going to cost you that much um, in, in draft capital to do so. And if you are between Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, uh, or maybe Hendon Hooker, you know we don't know how they're they're evaluating the quarterbacks. But let's say you're between those three. Wouldn't you want to make sure you get that guy? If you're Jim Ursay, I mean, wouldn't you want to make sure? Since year and year out, you know, your veteran quarterback route hasn't really worked. And if you want to go back to the draft where they've been successful at drafting quarterbacks and those guys have, have been the right picks, wouldn't you want to get your guy? Uh, that would be my thought pos- process with it. I think Indy makes the most sense just to make sure they get the quarterback if they, you know, indeed feel like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or Henry Hooker is the guy. Agreed. Well, 
Agreed. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, speaking of Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury is back from oh, Bangkok and he has, <laughs> he has accepted a job at USC as an advisor. Why go to USC, Brady? Um, well, yeah, for the first thing is a lot of people are probably curious as to why he's decided to come back. I mean, we have to remember he was going to be the play caller, I believe back when Clay Helton was still the head coach. Um, and so that was already on the table before the Arizona Cardinals offered him the head fired, coaching job. fired by Texas Tech, was hired to be the OC in USC, right. and then got the head coaching job was, the Cardinals. Was, yeah, was given it. I don't even know that he spent much time there before he ended up taking it. But um, I, I think he look, he's got a relationship with Lincoln Riley. It makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. Uh, in a senior offensive analyst role, he can be involved to a degree, but not too involved. Uh, and that way it also allows him to keep whatever money is that he's owed uh, as far as the offsets go, because he's not actually coaching, which I'm sure was outlined in the contract. So I believe it was initially reported like he was going to be quarterback's coach. And then that got walked back because they realized like, oh, wait a second, he's not going to be able to earn all the money he's making. Meanwhile, he can be an analyst. USC doesn't have to pay him much, of, if anything, um, probably based on that those offsets within his contract, his former contract with the Cardinals. And he could still be involved around the game, be around one of the better offensive minds. And I'll be quite honest. Um, if you are a team and you are interested in bringing on a young offensive-minded head coach, I'm just saying, would you think that Lincoln Riley would be one of those guys you'd look at? I mean, let's say, for example, you want to move on from you know whatever head coach is there. You're probably not having a good year. You're probably one of the drafting at the top of the draft. Hey, Will, who's draft eligible next year that might be the best quarterback in college football? Uh, if you're not talking about Drake May, I assume you're talking about Caleb Williams. So maybe you would think that you could go for both Lincoln Riley as your head coach and Caleb Williams with whatever team it ends up being that ends up having the worst year and ends up being in a position to take Caleb Williams number one overall. So you kind of run back the idea that Arizona had, which looked good for the first three years until really year four. And by the way, Caleb Williams and Kyler Murray are two completely different prospects. So I'm only going to get into that. But you could present that scenario. And so if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you're looking at like, yeah, this ain't so bad. Like I'm a good-looking dude in Southern California with a ton of money. I'm going to go ahead and hang out for a year, and we'll see how this whole thing plays out. And if Lincoln leaves to take a head coaching job, guess who's going to be a guy who wants to interview for the head coaching job at USC? And guess who I could probably woo over with my Ryan Gosling good looks to hire him, he look like Cliff Kingsbury. I can equate him to Ryan Gosling. I yeah, he's hotter than Ryan Gosling. He's way, he's way oh. more jacked and way better looking. Way hotter than oh. Ryan Gosling. Female, way better, way better breeding material. He's way, he's way better breeding material than Ryan Correct. Gosling. Correct. Gosling's just a <laughs> Gosling's a jag. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury got drafted as a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I'm I just heard, I, 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 arrogant punks who love look, not wearing socks and, and sitting in front of fires and big screen TVs, but they'll be rich and handsome and play football. What more can you ask? I still vote Ryan Gosling. I still vote Ryan Gosling. Y'all can y'all can breed with Ryan or with uh, Clint Kingsbury, and I will I will choose Ryan Gosling. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um. All right. Do we think that Kingsbury is done with the NFL or Brady? Like you said, you think he's just kind of hanging out for a few years, letting the dust settle a little bit, still getting paid. And then maybe he will reemerge. He could probably reemerge. I think as a position coach, maybe play caller. Um, you know, I, I, it depends on what he wants. You know, I, I think ultimately after being a head coach in the NFL, it's probably hard to go. Um, it wouldn't be hard to go back. I mean, they did have a certain level of success, but the problem is he's got to kind of reinvent himself because I think people look at the fact that he didn't win at Texas Tech, uh, despite of not acknowledging the fact that he recruited a lot of really good quarterbacks, right? Yeah. I mean, during his time at AM, he recruited Kyler Murray. During his time at uh, Texas Tech, he did get Baker Mayfield to come there before he transferred to Oklahoma. Patrick Mahomes was there. Davis Webb, who got yeah. drafted. I mean, you can go through the list. So um, he's a, he's got a great eye for talent and I think developing quarterbacks. He is a good offensive mind. It just comes down to what ultimately he wants to do. You know, some coaches, they become a head coach. They like having the control. Some don't. Some would rather just call plays and not have to worry about all the other BS that comes along with being a head coach. I also think you got to look at the fact that, you know, we talk about the offset language and everything and how he's, I mean, he, he is going to take, he's going to milk the Cardinals for every, as much money as he, I mean, as he should, right? Like you should, 
you got this huge contract with the Cardinals. They fired you one year in. Like, you're not going to rush back to being a head coach unless, as Brady points out, you know, Lincoln Riley gets a job to follow Caleb Williams to the NFL or some NFL team is drafting Caleb Williams first overall. And it's like, man, we need a head coach. And Cliff Kingsbury just did great things with him. I think that's probably unlikely. I do agree. It'll like, you look at the guys who are really read like the retread head coaches and it's, um, it's not a Cliff Kingsbury type. Like it's more like a Lovey Smith, a Rex Ryan, uh, a John Fox. It's like sort of an elder All state. defensive minded head coaches. I mean, look, Josh McDaniels gets a second shot. Yeah, uh, but I mean, not like immediately. I'm talking about the guys who like get fired and like immediately get another job. Well, I mean, think about it. John Fox went to a Super Bowl. Uh, who was the first one you mentioned? Bobby Smith went to a Super Bowl. Bobby Smith went to a Super Bowl. I mean, two championships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also like your resume. It has to be something that you can sell. That's part of it. You can't uh, sell a, a, a 250 winning percentage and a 25% winning percentage in like the second half of the season. This is your top resume yeah, I mean, look and again there, there's different elements of it like i was going to say if i'm him personally like i would want to take every dime that i could from them before taking another opportunity yeah. if you yeah. could still stay involved with the game in part because you know you had everything on the right track and then you get your best player getting a ped suspension he's gone the first six games you've got an injury to a number of key pieces um i mean you can go on down the line of decisions that were made that he might not have agreed to in regards to the roster uh you know letting a guy like chandler jones go I, I just, you know, I, th I think there's a lot of things that might have played a role in their lack of success. And you can talk about the Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury relationship, whatever the case may be. But um, offensively speaking, you know, they, they put up some good numbers. They get some good things. And I think there are some limitations that Kyler Murray has based on his size with what you have to do with the offense. And I think he was trying to cater to those things. Yeah. All right, before we get out of here, uh, NBA play-in tournament starts tonight. we got the Heats and the Hawks and then the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Brinson, I saw you um, making some bets on that already. What do you got? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I was uh, co-hosting with uh, our buddy Nick Costas on yes. You Better You Bet. You better you bet. Yeah, so check it out. Three, actually, uh, go live. I'm going to take a nap for that show. you got to be high energy for Costas. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got the uh, – what do we have tonight? I got the over something I think. lay the points with the lakers come on i mean yeah, Rudy the Bears the lakers. I mean, it's eight points though it's it's a lot of points i like that though i like the lakers over their team total it's at 119 and a half they've gone over this a lot recently and i actually like the hawks uh not to win the game i think win the game but i'm taking the points with the hawks will you watch a lot of people are like out on the nba or they're not as enticed to watch some of these games i actually think this is appointment television like absolutely I mean, LeBron at this point in time in his career, obviously coming back from an injury, this retooled Lakers team, they have a shot. Like, they played so much, such better basketball than they did in the first half of the season. And it is interesting, too. Like, that was a LeBron-built team. And then, like, Palinka comes over. He's like, no, we're going to make all these moves. LeBron gets injured. He's out for a while. And that's like, oh, wait a second. This team's really coming together. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe some of these executives know what they're doing. Like, uh, maybe Pat Riley back when I was with the Miami Heat putting together some teams. Rob so. Lowe. Rob Lowe did a heck of a job out there in, uh, in, in L.A. putting it together. Rob um, Lowe. Talk about, by the way, I mean, would you rather look like Rob Lowe or Ryan Gosling? Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, right? The, the, the yeah. facial symmetry with Rob Lowe is elite. You know, it's a sneaky movie, sneaky great movie. I've tried to recommend this to like several people, and they're like, I'm Tommy Boy? I mean, Rob Lowe's in that movie. Oh, wait. Oh, speaking of Ohio, how much would you have to get? I think you're the perfect guy for this because, you know, you're former NFL quarterback. You know, you've done well for yourself outside of football, did well for yourself, you know, and like before. Like, get to the point, Princeton. What's the question? You're, you're from a Ohio. Great soccer coach. How much would it cost you? What would it, how much money would you have to be given? To scream, this is a costume idea too. We were talking about this yesterday, and I was howling at it. Jack Nicholas gets on the tee box at Augusta for the Thursday morning ceremonial tee shot. Yeah, he's gonna hit the ball like 125 yards. It ain't, you know, it's not going. It's a, it's a downhill back up to that par four, and you have to scream, get in the hole! Like how much? How much money would it would you? Because it for me, it, it would be like probably close to 10 million dollars. Because one, you're you're banned from Augusta for life, no doubt about it. Two, like jacket, like like. S Scott Scott Van Pelt's you're gonna like lead sports center as that jag like that jag off who like went up there and screamed that you're gonna be banned from other clubs. You may be waterboarded at Augusta for all we know. Like anything is on the table, <laughs> but they do what they do behind the scenes. Like like so like I, I it's a, it's gonna be a lot of money. And like you would be the shame of of, of Ohio if you did that. 
Well, yeah. I mean, look, he's obviously Dublin, Ohio, or the he Memorial punch, Tournament is, which is Jack's him. tournament, yeah. and also the club I belong to up there. <laughs> I, probably, I probably would not be asked to come back. You would be banned uh, from the, your own club. I'm sure I get a call from their head pro, Larry Dornish. He'd be like, hey, uh, Brady, sorry, but we saw what happened there in Augusta. You're out. <laughs> Uh, there's also like Jimmy Dunn, uh, a friend of mine. He probably would never, ever have me back to Augusta or Seminole or anywhere else for that matter. So there is no amount of money that you can pay me to respect the Golden Bear uh, or even some of the other people involved, whether that's Jimmy Dunn or anyone else. So I will gladly uh, – I, I, I might actually <laughs> – if I was next to someone who's – I would tackle you. I would yeah. literally like tackle you. <laughs> Like choke you out, make it choke you out, put you to sleep just so Jack could hit off his ceremonial tee shot. And then you would get to play Augusta with Jack and and your boy Jimmy Dunn, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what's that? Have you played Augusta? I've not played it yet, but um, yeah, I'm hoping hoping to one day. Will you be? Will you take me when we when we play together? We do play golf. (laughs) There is like a point zero 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 one percent chance you could get that invite. Okay, well, I was. You know why you. though? I mean, first off, there's a chance, which is great for you. But Thank you know what I was thinking is, you would be well, and Katie too. Do you play golf, Katie? I do, but not regularly. I do when I'm home here at my parents' house. I play more golf. Okay, then this is how I turn this around. Like, what's your favorite hobby? What do you like to do? My favorite hobby, what I like to do, well, outside of just like watching football and obsessing about the 49ers. Um, <laughs> this ain't no hobby. Actually, yeah. I'll take it back. That would be like if you're not passionate about you can't take someone on a trip like that that's not passionate about it. That would be yeah. like me being like, Katie, I have the best tickets. All right. We gotta go. We're gonna have to go to a um I, I guess someone I'm trying to think of would be your biggest rival. I have to be a division rival. I, I guess I'll say the Seahawks. Is that fair? Is that who you probably hate the most yeah. in the division? Okay. Yeah, we'll see like, hey. Rams, I guess. Yeah. We're gonna go see a Seahawks versus the Rams game, and we're sitting like we're right there on the field. You get, you'd be like, "Yeah, I don't want no part of that." Right? You got to take something to be pumped up into Augusta. So, unfortunately, yeah. I don't know that you'd be that stoked. I think Will would would be super stoked about it. Probably too stoked yes. though, which is why you'd get the axe. I, you nah, I'd be cool. Yes. I'd be Brad. Be cool. Be cool. I've, 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 been there. I've been there. Be cool. I know how to act like. Look, when it comes to golf, I know how to act like I've been there. Right. Um, I'm actually uh, supposed to be playing. I'm playing. Uh, I was. I was like thinking about this. Like I'm playing uh, Congressional and then uh, Burning Tree in a couple. Oh, of nice. Weeks. Yeah, very excited about that. And uh, I like. I'm pretty sure that if I had screamed, get the hole, or like mashed potatoes as Jack is teeing off, that I'm not playing those rounds of golf with my father and, and his good friend uh, Tom, who's who's, who's getting. What what is we it actually, with the screaming of get in the hole? Because I feel like anytime Tiger Woods does anything, everyone is screaming get in the hole. I think everyone should be banned from doing it. I hate it. I yeah. just think the idea of like. Like the, the varying range of like amounts of money that people would be willing to do this while Jack is teeing off with no chance of getting in the hole, by the way. Like he can't get the ball. No <laughs> one can get the ball to that green, much less like 80 year old Jack Nicholas. Like, like uh, one of the producers on the show yesterday was like, What I'd do it for a hundred bucks. What are they going to do to me? It's like, dude, you, you might not make it out alive. It's like, you're not like, Augusta don't play around. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to beat you with some nine irons. Um, when I was in uh, either high school or college, uh, one of my buddies was a big Ernie Els fan. And he really was like more of a, a friend of my friends. So he wasn't like that close. And so we were falling around Ernie Els, right? Beautiful swing. They call him the big easy because he just makes it look so easy the way he swings and crushes the ball. But he kept kind of, I mean, he was hammered drunk. And he kept being like, you know, come on now, big easy. Let's go, big easy. And after like two or three holes, which he went like bogey, bogey, par um and missed like a really easy birdie putt you see earl <laughs> ernie ells look back to his caddy and the caddy says something to his caddy caddy says some one of the officials they look over to like our group of guys and and they're like and they, and they obviously knew who was like kind of rooting them on and cheering for him i just slowly started to back up like <laughs> a person of my entire life and that was it like he got escorted out he yeah. was done and i, I was thinking if that's how they handled like a guy being actually like rooting was this for at Augusta? No, this was at Muirfield. Uh, yeah, this is at Muirfield. They're like tossing this guy for like being like, yeah, big easy. He, 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 and he wasn't being like that loud about it. It just happened to be like, 
kind of sang it a lot, you know, like, like he was like his best annoying, He was annoying Ernie. Like, yeah, he was like his drunk best friend following him around on a golf course. He's like, all right, you've had too many drinks. Like, go home. We'll see you after the round. Uh, but he didn't know him. He was just a big fan. And that, that apparently ticked off Ernie Els. You get tossed. Well, the waste, waste management is the only one where you can yell and be full debauchery. Can, I mean, it depends like on the, it depends like, like Wyndham Championship in Greensboro is pretty chill. Like it's, you know, I mean, nobody's like riding the pony, like Adam, you know, Happy Gilmore style or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, waste management is the only one you can like rip shirt and throw a beer at. And it's just that specific hole too. Golf is a which gentleman's game. Is, yeah. It's which surprising means Brady plays. it seems dangerous. Oh! Is that, is that the only one you have now? Is that the only one you have? Tyron Matthew. I'm just stopping by to say, fire Ryan Wilson. <laughs> Ryan Wilson got this is like two years ago. Like like these like teenage these tweens on TikTok started dragging his mock drafts every week. It's like. <sighs> oh, I missed it. What is happening here? Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. All right. I think we're good here. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, on that note, thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. Make sure you join us on Thursday at 1 p.m. for more NFL offseason coverage. Of course, remember to like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube page if you're listening to the audio version only. Do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. I think we gave you a lot of reasons today to tune in on Thursday. See you later. <laughs>